Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today I want to speak with you, share with you from the topic, you too can pray with power. You too. Look at your neighbor and say, you too can pray with power. Now I need you to reach down and get your inner uh, television person, as seen on TV host. I need to, you know, you know, as seen on TV, I just said, you too. I need to get your, your inner as seen on TV host and say, you too can pray with power. That's what I thought about when the Lord gave me that topic. One of those guys about 3 o'clock in the morning trying to sell you a Vegematic. <laughs> We've been using knives all our lives, and he showed us a little machine, told you you could press a button, and we like, ooh, ah. And then we give him the credit card. Before we know it, we dialing in, spending our hard-earned money on something that we're going to put in a cabinet somewhere. Because it did, I bought something. I'm not going to say what I bought because I don't want to get on trouble. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm on, on live on the web. I don't want to get in trouble. But I bought something one time that you're supposed to bake a potato, potato in the microwave with. That thing didn't work. I went to cut my potatoes hard as a rock. <laughs> that stuff, some, some, some of it works, some of it don't. Be careful. But you too can pray. With power. Let's examine Elijah for a moment. Let's take a little look at him. Let's take a moment to pull back the covers of superheroism. Let's take that away from him. Let's disrobe him of his superhero suit. And let's look at him as he really is. Elijah was a man. Plain. Simple. He was human. The second thing that the scripture tells us about Elijah, and, and it doesn't it lay it bare for us so that there's no misunderstanding? Because as we see Elijah praying in, in, in the book of 1 Kings, as we see him praying, we think, wow, that's an amazing guy. And then James comes back and demystifies him and says, oh, he's just a man. He's just a man, and you want to know something? He's just like the rest of us. How, how is he like us? How is he like us? Well, he has physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. Elijah now, the one who prayed that it would not rain, he has all this stuff. This powerful prophet that did all these miracles that threw his mantle on Elisha was a man with shortcomings and limitations, spiritual, physical, and mental. Say what? God will use somebody with a spiritual shortcoming? You mean you don't have to be perfect? Well, what's a shortcoming? What's, what do, first of all, let's do, do deal with limited. What does limited mean? Limited means to be confined or restricted within certain limits, which means there was only so much Elijah could do. That Elijah could do things up to a certain point, and then he had to quit. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to throw, this is free. This had nothing to do with the sermon, but, but the Holy Spirit is leading me to tell you this. This is going to put, it's going to add years to your life, and it's going to add life to your years. You're limited. You can't fix nobody. <laughs> we struggle with our own self. I need some real people to clap your hands right there. You can't fix anybody, and you can't fix anything. 
You are lamb man Ted. There's only so much you can do. When you realize that, you'll live real good. We tell people the truth and then try to get them to obey the truth. You can't tell them and make them do it. You told them, leave it alone after that. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, leave it alone, leave it alone. It'll add years to your life and life to your years. When you realize that you are limited, there's only so much you can do. God did that to keep you from stressing out. The only thing he could do was pray for it, not the rain. He could not stop the rain. The only thing he could do was ask. He couldn't make it happen. He was limited. He could only operate within certain prearranged, predetermined parameters. And God decided how much he let him do. Felt the Holy Ghost in that. Shortcoming. What's a shortcoming? It's a fault or a failure to meet a certain standard, typically in a person's character. He couldn't have had character defects and did all that. There's no way he had defects of character and God used him at that level. You know how when people show that they're human, do we stop trusting them? Oh, as long as they look superhuman, we'll listen to whatever they say. But time we find out they're human, oh, I can't hear nothing he got to say. You better tune in because God uses humans. Oh, he sinned. I can't hear nothing. There ain't nobody else on the earth except Jesus was the only sinless person. So everybody else you listen to preach the word had a problem. Peter, James, John, all them boys had issues. And you know Peter had issues because he was a knife puller. Yet we quote not a first Peter. Come on here. We got to stop that. If you can quote first Peter, you can listen to your friend. Human. Somebody shout human. He had shortcomings. He, he was not perfect. That's all it's saying. He was not perfect. But he prayed. And when he prayed, amazing things happened. I'm blown away that God would use a regular person like him. So my question is, before we get any deeper, is what makes Elijah different from us? Think about it. What, you need to sit there and think for a moment. What makes Elijah different from me? I'm limited. I have shortcomings that are physical, spiritual. Come on, y'all. I, I, I'm not perfect. So what makes that dude different from me? That he could pray that it won't rain, and it didn't rain. Not just for 30 minutes. It didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he comes back after three and a half years, asked for it to rain again. And then it rain, didn't rain the first time he asked, though. He kept asking. And then after he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand, it started coming down. Same dude. Now, same dude. Somebody say, same dude. Same dude stood up against all those prophets of Baal. And as they danced around on the stage and they couldn't get nothing to happen, he went up on stage and said, God, you told me to do this. <laughs> you, you're the one gave me the idea to set this showdown up. And so, God, I need you to show them that you are God and fire rained down from heaven. And not only did it rain down and, and, and burn up the bull, but it burned up the altar and it went around the trench. And the, King James said it licked the water up. Jesus. Because he, he prayed. A regular dude. 
He wasn't superhuman. He's a regular dude. And he prayed. And God responded. So, why couldn't we pray with the same level of effectiveness that he did? Why, why can't we? What you say, Pastor? We can? You're saying to me that we can pray to God and that God will hear us just like he heard Elijah? Are y'all playing with me? Don't y'all play with me because I'll go home and pray. Are y'all telling me, you should pray now, I'll do it. Because if y'all tell me that God will do that, okay, well, if you believe that he'll do that, then go on and do that. That's good preaching right there. Wasn't no hoop, wasn't no music. If you believe that he'll do that, then you ought to start doing that. Because I'm going to tell you something. To be bold enough to ask for it not to rain. And, and we, we're down here struggling with asking for mortgage payments. Or to, or to heal our marriage. Or to heal our body. He asked for nature to be put on hold. You know how much guts it takes to ask God to stop the rain from coming out of the crowd. Dry the clouds up. And we struggle to ask God for healing or restoration or for salvation for a lost family member. You better pull yourself together and get some guts and go to God big. Somebody said, tap your neighbor, push them and say, go to God big. And God wasn't intimidated by his request. He wasn't intimidated and he, he didn't feel like he was asking for too much. He didn't speak down from heaven and say, you asked for too much. <laughs> he said, I like that. I can imagine he was in heaven and said, you see that dude right there? I like that. That boy ass big. I'm going to shut it down. Shut it down. Could you imagine rain, if rain was about to come down, the rain say, oh, God said stop. And all systems reversed. And ceased because somebody asked God, Jesus. Look, look, look let's, let's, let's look at it. People say things like, oh, go to so-and-so. He or she can get a prayer through. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about it. Last week, we talked about prayer changes things, and it got a little quiet. I was a little worried. I was a little worried that y'all were going to check out on me, but y'all stayed with me. We talked about prayer changes things, but we know God changes. We pray to God, and he does the change. But anyway, moving on. Boy, go to so-and-so. He or she can get a prayer through. I've been thinking about that thing for a little while, and it bothered me. It bothered me that certain people can get a prayer through. It bugged me. It bugged me that, that, that it implies that God selects certain individuals within a body to decide, I'll let them get a prayer through. The rest of y'all can forget it. And if you want me to answer you, you have to go to them. 
Everybody stay with me now. Listen to me real good. I don't like that. Because number one, it's divisive. It separates us instead of bringing us together. It makes some people seem better than us. That's why when we get in a prayer circle and we ask certain people to pray, they don't want to pray because they feel like they don't pray as good as somebody else in the circle. Well, I feel this thing. I, 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 gotta, I, I only have a certain amount of time. It's divisive. It's, di- it's divisive. And it creates an environment where some do not believe that they can be heard by God. It creates an environment where some do not believe that they can be heard by God because they say, oh, so-and-so can get a prayer through. Get a prayer through. Through what? Is prayer having to squeeze through something? Is there something you got to push it through? I'm just wondering. I'm wondering. Just, I've been thinking about it, Apostle. I've been doing some thinking. So what happens is we go and we try to find someone to pray for us. When the voice that God is looking to hear is ours. God is not looking to hear somebody else's voice on your behalf. God's trying to hear you. You remember when you were little? You tried to get your friend to ask your mama for something? And then your mama say, why didn't you? Y'all must have grew up where I grew up. Why didn't you ask me? And that's what God's saying. You're going around asking your pastor to pray for you. And you could have prayed. You drove 30 minutes to get down here to church to ask me to pray. You could have prayed for 30 minutes. You could have been 30 minutes in. And then I could have joined you at the 31-minute mark. That's why I say I ain't going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. Start it off. Get this thing going. Start the ball rolling. Come on, our Father. I'll get you going. Our Father, here. Because if I pray for you, when will you pray? Because if I pray for you and God answers, you will keep coming back to me and not believe that God will hear you. And I'm going to tell you something. ain't going to wear me out. I got to pray for my... Please don't nobody get mad at me. Blowing up the elder's phone. Blowing up the minister's phone. Blowing up the apostle's phone. Pray for me. Pray for yourself. That ain't too much, is it? Okay, okay. Church, we must be careful that we do not say things without considering the consequences. It sounds good religiously to say. Somebody can get a prayer through, but we don't consider the consequences that there might be some new believer who will sit in their seat and because you said that somebody could get a prayer through, believe that they can't get heard by God. It creates an environment where people wonder and question, will God hear me? With my sins and, 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 and my shortcomings and, 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 and my failings, will, will God hear a dirty, rotten scoundrel like me? Well, Elijah was a man. And you know what comes along with being a man. Mistakes and mess-ups. That's part of being a what? 
And God heard Elijah. Isn't that something? Look at Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Get some scripture in here. Are you ready? Inasmuch then as, as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human, in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, here's the verse, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear. You hear that? So that we may receive what? Mercy for what? Our failures. And find his what? Amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. It said, let us go boldly before the throne of grace. Somebody say us. Tell your neighbor, that means you. It doesn't just mean the one that can get a prayer through. He didn't say let the ones who can get a prayer through boldly come before the throne. He said let us. That means all of us believers. Are you a believer? Yes, yes I'm a believer. Y'all don't remember that. You do remember. All of us can go boldly. Before the throne of grace. Everybody in here with confidence. Don't you go in timid. Go in with confidence. Pam just said it. That's our father. And he loves us. And he likes being in our presence. And we are not bothering him. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I can go to God. Come on, say it like you mean it. I can go to God. Oh, God is good here. There are no exclusions to believers. No exclusions. No one group that he will allow to come in. And one group he will shut out. I think we're living in the wrong dispensation. In Hebrews, it says that the old covenant, the old way of doing it, had been removed so that a new and a better way could be brought in. See, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, you had to have a middleman. You had to have someone else go to God for you. If you committed sin, made a mistake, wanted to give a thank offering, let's say you got a raise on your job, you couldn't go to God and give thanks yourself. You had to go to Elder Smith, and Elder Smith had to give your thank offering. If you sinned, you had to come to Elder Darian. He had to go in and give your offering for your sin uh, and say, God, I'm sorry. He had to go to God on your behalf. And, and, and we pray to God that both of them was right with God. Because have mercy. If those of us who carried your prayer in wasn't right with God, you'd have to pull us out of there. And, 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 and if we die, your prayer died with us. 
you ain't going to help me. Somebody help me. But, but God said after Jesus came, I, I got to read it because I don't want to just say stuff. My wife taught me not to just say stuff. Mark 15, 37 through 39. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Oh, God. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. The veil of the temple ripped from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. I know that rap song said we started at the bottom, now we're here. But that's not what he's talking about. He said it ripped from the top, come on, to the bottom, which means a man didn't rip it. God ripped it. The veil of the temple was what separated people from God. And it meant that the old system was now done away with it and God created a new system where you don't have to go through anybody in order to be heard by God, but because the veil has been ripped, you can walk in for yourself. That's why he said, come boldly before the throne of grace because you can ask me yourself. He moved that out of the way so you could have access. Somebody ought to praise God over that. I have access. So back to James 5. I know we're going backwards. I know we started with Elijah's miracle, and I know this is prior to it. But let's look at it. Let's look at 5 and starting at verse 13. Amplified version because it gives clarity. Verse, verse 14, is that right? 13. 13. Is anyone among you suffering? He must pray. Look at that there now. Who's supposed to pray? The one who's suffering. <laughs> See how that works? It didn't say, go find somebody. He, if you're suffering, you should pray. Huh? Is anyone joyful? He is to sing praises to God. Let me tell you, if you're having a good moment, you ought to be dancing out of your shoes. Nobody's dancing. Guess there's no good moments in here. If you're joyful, you should sing praises unto God. So if you're suffering, if you're going through, if you have a trial, if you're sick, you got financial problems, you have marital problems, you have issues with your children, you should be praying. If things are going well, you had a good day, you woke up on the right side of the bed, you can remember your name, you ought to be praising God. That's what it says here. Now watch this. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders, the spiritual leaders of the church. And they are to what? Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt, 
and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. You too can pray with power. There are three prayer groups here. We're almost home. All who are called upon to pray. You have the one who is afflicted or suffering. You have the elders. And you have one another. See, we missed it. You have the person who's suffering was told to pray. Then you had the person who was sick. They were told to call for the elders, the spiritual leaders of the church, and ask them to pray over you. And then it says, after you confess your faults to one another, you should pray for one another. Three groups of people who are praying. Now, Luke 18 and 1 says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end. That men are always pray and not faint. So this means prayer should be habitual for us. It should be a part of our lifestyle. That prayer ought not be something that we do only when we have a perceived need from God. That just as we communicate with those we love, we should communicate with God on a regular basis. But if you happen, Sherry, to need something from God, Jesus said that when you pray, you better not faint. Amen. That means don't give up. Right. If God hadn't said no, you keep praying. Amen. I wish I had some tenacious people in here. If God hadn't answered yet, don't you dare give up. Until God says no adamantly, you keep on praying. You keep on asking God for what the word said you can have until you see it manifest in your life. Somebody look at yourself. Somebody get, I wish you had mirrors all over the building. Take your phones out. Turn on the selfie mode. Look at yourself and say, keep praying. You keep praying. Don't you wimp out. Don't you give up because you don't have it yet. If Elijah didn't teach us anything, sometimes God doesn't move on the first prayer. He prayed until he saw something. We wouldn't develop any tenaciousness any toughness, if the moment we asked for it, it happened. You are tougher because you waited. I was praying with somebody on the phone the other day, and I said, thank you, God, for the path you chose. Because we wouldn't have chosen that path. We would have chosen the easy way, Brother Govan. But God, I thank you for the path you chose. Thank you that I had to do without sometimes. Thank you that I had struggles with my money sometimes. 
Thank you, God, that I was sick those times and you brought me out. Because you did that, I am stronger than I would have been if I went my way. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you right there. As my son would say, if he was up here with the mic, put a praise right there. What matters in prayer? You want to know what matters? What matters in prayer is that we pray. Some of us don't pray. We don't go to God. We don't lay out before him. Charles Stanley, I love it. Charles Stanley said this morning that everywhere he lived, he had a prayer spot. That's coming up. Hold on. I'm going to preach about that. The topic of that sermon is a place to pray. But everywhere he lived, he said he had a spot. He said one house he lived in was so, when him and his wife first got married, it was so small, Elder Smith, that there was no room he could go in. So he went in the corner of the living room and laid out an Afghan and prayed on it. We have to make prayer a regular part of our lives with God. And we have to be unashamed to pray. I'm talking about if you need God to move in the supermarket, lift it up in the supermarket. If you need God to move on your job, lift it up on your job. If you and your wife need to work something out in the middle of Broughton Street, step on the sidewalk, grab hands, and work it out right there on Broughton Street. Do not be ashamed to lift things up to your God, to lift things up to your Savior, to lift things up to your Redeemer. Do not be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Lift it up where you are. Stop waiting till you get home. Stop waiting till you get in your car. Lift it up right where you are. Pray for your family right where you are. Pray for your son right where you are. Somebody say, lift it up. The world is not ashamed to be the world. I'm going to pray for you when I get home. No, give me your hand. Come on, let's go right here. Oh, God. Somebody say, men ought to always pray. Sometimes you can't pray out loud. You have to pray in your spirit. Sometimes you have to pray in your head. Sometimes, Elder Smith, Elder Darren, people are so sickening. You're about to say something you know you shouldn't say. You ought to pray right there in your spirit. Lord, help me. See, you don't know if that's prayer right there. Lord, help me. Looking at him, smiling at him, Nelson, with all your teeth showing, saying, Jesus. <laughs> I need you to help me in here. Because if you don't help me, I'm going to get out of character. Is that prayer? Yes, that's prayer. That's prayer. Help! The scripture says that, 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 that even when you don't know what to say, that the spirit, I'm, I'm going too deep, will make intercession for you with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Oh, God. Sometimes, Pam, you just have to rock. Call on the name of Jesus on your inside. Are y'all with me? You can pray any way you want. The men ought to always pray. All the time. It's a part of who we are. Somebody say, it's that we pray. That's, that's the first thing. I got to hurry. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. It's that we pray. Somebody say, I have to pray. No, no, say, I have to pray. I must pray. Now, now, the second thing, the next thing is who we pray to. Because last week we learned that we don't put faith in our faith, and we don't put faith in prayer. 
we put faith in God. So it's who we pray to. We have to be careful that we're not believing for something instead of believing God. Because Sarah didn't get pregnant because she, would believe, she believed she could get pregnant. She believed she got pregnant because she believed that he who promised was faithful. Her faith was in God, not in getting pregnant. So sometimes we have faith in getting the car and not in the God who gives the car. So we have to put our faith in the right place. So it's, it's who we pray to. And, and the last thing is how we pray. Because this scripture says the prayer of faith will save the sick. So it has to be a prayer of believing, no doubt. No doubt. So you have to deal with your doubt. We talked about that last week. If you don't admit that you have doubt, you'll never deal with it. And it'll always be there to fight against your faith. That's why the father said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I got to be real with you, Jesus. I know you can do it, but I'm struggling right now. So you have to deal with that so that he can help you with that and you can move that out of the way. So it's the kind of prayer you offer. The prayer of what? Faith. Not the length of your prayer. Not how loud you pray. Not how eloquent you pray. Not how many words you use. But it's how you pray. Faith. So it could be a sentence with faith. And it can bring forth more than a paragraph that's struggling to believe. Somebody shout glory. You see, in, in our community, in the church community, we think that the most eloquent prayers are the most powerful ones. Because we like the sound of it. But God is not moved by sound. Hey, God is moved by content. What are you saying to God? And how much of what you are saying do you believe? What are the origins of what you just asked God to do? Was it out of your flesh or was it out of the word of God? People say, remind God. God knows what he promised to do. But you got to confess it and put it out in the atmosphere and let God know that this is what I'm standing on. This word right here. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm standing on that. That's where I live. You're a need provider. <laughs> You're a way maker. Mother, he's a doctor. In the sick room. <laughs> he's a lawyer. In the courtroom. And guess what he still does? He still makes ways. We were talking about that in the back. We said those old people, boy, they didn't know as much as we know, but boy, they had faith. We know all the scriptures verbatim can repeat them backwards and struggling to believe. There is no distinction between the effectiveness of each group's prayer. Notice it doesn't say, okay, the people who are suffering, if you pray and you feel a little better. And then those elders, when they pray, you're going to be healed, baby. And when y'all pray for one another, there's no distinction. It drops down, apostle, and leads us to believe that if the pattern is followed, the results will be the same. Be effectual. Fervent. Prayer. A 
of the righteous man avail as much. Ah, Jesus, the effectual, you better catch it. Fervent prayer of the elders. No. No, 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 no. Of the one who's suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much, makes much power available. It's like dynamite. So you can pray. And you can pray. And you can pray. I feel like Oprah. You get a call. You get a call. No, no, you get a prayer life. Come on here. You get a prayer life. You get a prayer life. You get a prayer life. Somebody say, I just got a prayer life. Woo! Hey! No, no, no. Just like you would shout over that call, you better shout over the fact that you can pray with power. Oh! We shouting over the wrong stuff. We getting happy over the wrong stuff. You just got a revelation that your prayer has power and we just sitting around looking like we on a ride somewhere, like we sightseeing downtown. You can pray and God will move. Hey! Does, it, does, does anybody have anything that they need God to move in? Does anybody here have a situation you need God to fix? Then you ought to be up on your feet giving God some glory in here. Because you just found out that Elijah was a man just like you. But he prayed that it would not rain. And there was no rain for three and one half years. Somebody said, that's all right with me. God will hear me. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, whether he's suffering, whether he's an elder, or whether he's one another, will be heard by God, and it will make tremendous power available to them. That means the mother of the church, the pastor of the church, the elders of the church, the apostle in the church, the members of the church, the doorkeepers, the sound team, the children church workers, everybody in the household of faith, that if you pray and you believe God and you stick with it, God will hear you. And I don't know, some of you need to be heard. Some of you need to be heard. Don't sit in here like you don't need to be heard today. You need to be heard. You've been calling out to God, but you've been struggling. And you've been thinking maybe somebody else has to take it to God for me. I'm telling you right now, you can take it to God for yourself. You can go see the idol bush. The spirit of the Lord says I'm breaking down all this stuff. I'm tearing down. I'm going to shake you to your core. And I'm going to get rid of all your religion. I'm going to draw you into me. Because I need you to understand that there's a relationship between me and you. And that I love you. And I love hearing your voice. And I need you to be the one to bring it to me. But I need you to bring it to me believing that I'll hear you. And that you are no less than anybody else. Just because you don't have a title in front of your name. 
just because you didn't preach an initial sermon, just because you don't have a microphone in your hand. The Spirit of the Lord says, even if you're not a reverend, even if you're not a minister, even if you're not an elder, I hear your voice. You are my child. You belong to me. You are mine. I love you. I gave my son for you. He died for you. I want to hear your voice. Come on, talk to him right now. Talk to him. I want to hear your voice. He says, I want to hear your voice. Come on, take it to him. Take it to him. Lift it up to him right now. Lift it up to him right now. He says, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Come to me with confidence. Come boldly before the throne of, the throne of grace. For you find mercy and help, appropriate help, the right help at the right time. God says, if you come to me with boldness, I'll do the right thing right when you need it. He said, my help is appropriate. I'm not like other people doing the wrong thing for the wrong people. I'm not going to mix you up with nobody else. I feel the presence of God. I know exactly what you need. In fact, I know what you need before you come to me. But I need you to come to me anyway. Come on, lift it up to him right now. In this atmosphere, in this environment, lift it up to him right now. Come on, come on, have a little talk with Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Come on, tell him right now. Tell him. He wants to hear you. 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 You're his. You're his child. You're his child. You belong to him. He loves you. Come on, right now. Come on, in this atmosphere. Come on. Things are breaking. Things are breaking right now. Come on, this is the environment for miracles. Come on. Come on, right now. This is the environment for miracles. Come on, pray to God. Pray to God. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he have any sins, they will be forgiven him. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I just need you to follow my instructions for prayer. He says, I don't differentiate between people because they hold a position. He says, you hold a position. You hold a position in my heart, he says. I hear the spirit. You hold a position in my heart. Child of God, my beloved, if I care enough for you to give my son for you, then why would I not hear you? If you hear your child, why would I not hear my child? If you respond to your child, why would I not respond to my child? Come to me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden. He says, I'll give you rest. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. And then the peace.
the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Come on, lift it up to him. Come on, right now. I'm going to give you time to lift it up to him. We're good. We got good time. We're fine. Come on, lift it up to him. Lift it up to him. Come on, right here, right now. Come on, you take it to God. Unashamedly. Unashamedly. You're not ashamed. Lift it up to God. I need you to move. in an environment like this where we experience moves of God that cannot be explained with science or intellect where God operates in the supernatural that he comes into the natural realm and he rises above it and laws of nature are reversed and things that doctors said couldn't be healed are healed tumors dissipate in environments like this diagnoses are reversed in environments like this environments like this are the catalyst for our lost children coming back to Christ this is where it happens in environments like this where faith is high and we believe Two or three are gathered together in his name. He's in the midst. He's in the midst. And, and whenever, whenever he comes, things change. I'm believing with you today. I'm believing with you. I'm praying with you. I'm not just praying for you. I'm praying with you. We connect together in this. Bert, we believe together. You pray and I pray. And we both bombard the heavens about that thing. You understand what I'm saying? Where two are touching and agreeing on something. It'll be done, right? I agree with you. See, it's, see, husbands and wives, grab hands right now and look at each other and say, I agree with you. I agree. I agree with you. God's going to do that thing. Come on, speak to each other. God's going to do that thing. God's going to do that thing. You're my son. God's going to do that thing. God's going to do that thing. We're in agreement. God's going to do it. We're going to ask. It is according to his will. It is spoken in his word. <laughs> and God's going to do that thing. Woo! Somebody say it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Your child asks you for bread. 
Will you give him a stone? Ask you for an egg, will you give him a serpent? Well, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts. God said, what about me? <laughs> he says, I'll give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks me. But there's a principle there. If we know how to bless our kids, God knows how to bless his kids. Ask. Knock. Seek. <laughs> we got to be bold enough to go. Lord, we thank you. Because you just broke the barriers of prayer. Wide open. The, the gates are wide open. And your people believe. We believe. We got it. We heard you. We heard you loud and clear. We believe that you want to hear our voice. And that we're not less than anybody else. And if you heard Elijah, you hear us. Thank you for that revelation. Now we can come boldly. Because all of that has been dealt with. <laughs> and we have confidence that when we come to you, you hear us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God the glory in this house.